Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. A show where a nerd fits in. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show Toys, movies, comics, and so much more The Riley and Kimmy Show And the more that you listen, the more that you know The Riley and Kimmy Show The Streets of San Francisco a Quinn Martin production, starring Carl Malden. Also starring... Jeremy! I got one thing! Jeremy! Tonight's episode, Mr. Nobody. And that's me. Welcome to this episode, number 1006 of the Riley and Kimmy Show. It is a Wednesday, which means New Comic Book Day. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Everybody, 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 everybody. <laughs> Hi! Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy, three very sane spectators. And the sane spectator, one of them in the studio, is Kimmy. Welcome to the show, Kimmy. Hello, thank you. And are you getting all rested and relaxed and, you know, energized and uh, just ready for a big Saturday just around the corner? Absolutely. That's good, because coming up on Saturday, September 20th, oh, oh, whoa, I flip over, it's October 1st. Oh, yeah. Can you believe that? Yes, it's the 1st of October. Well, you know, because the weekend kind of starts at the end of September. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's yeah. what, it's kind of confusing there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's October 1st. October 1st, Saturday, October 1st, just a few days away. It is a big day in Mount Dora, Florida for Lake Collecticon. Come out. Come out. Wherever you are. Cosplayers, furries, and collectors all get together. That's right. For this big fun event, which is happening in Mount Dora, Florida, it's a bunch of nerdum under one roof. And a, you know, a bunch of big names will be there, too, like George Perez, who will be signing and also sketching. And I received a message before sitting down for episode 1006 Asking me if I thought there might be lines. And I said, you know, I'm Kimmy and I, are, we're encouraging you to get there early because there could be lines and, you know, we have no idea what a cutoff might be. So you don't want to be, you know, left out. Mm-hmm. So please get there early. Uh, that's the best advice we can, we can give you, right? Mm-hmm. And Hollywood will be on hand. That's right. Lana Wood, actress, sister to Natalie Wood. A Bond girl will be there under this roof of nerdum. Mm-hmm. And others as well who are notables, like Chad Thomas, artist of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, calls himself a cartoonist. You can find out why in one of our previous interviews with him, available on our website and also Facebook page. And Rob Gilry of Chew fame. He is there too. Both of them are signing. And it's a great opportunity to talk to them about the world of comic books. And we have an interview, by the way, of uh, Rob Gilry's, a previous interview, available right on our website and Facebook page. You can find links to that right at RileyandKimmy.com. Somebody else who will be on hand is a very talented artist. We discovered him a number of years ago by accident, actually. I didn't expect to actually find someone like him at a Star Trek convention. I don't know if you remember that, Kimmy. We went to a Star Trek convention that... I, I don't know if you went willingly... Or, well, I guess you were willingly. I don't know how excited you were at first. But we went there. And one of the reasons was I wanted to meet somebody from Battlestar Galactica who just happened to be there. Mm-hmm. You remember who that yes, was? Who yes. was that? Um, that was... Um... Come on, you can do it. Dirk? Mm-hmm. Benedict. That's right, Dirk Benedict, who I love. I also love his uh, his writings and his uh, talk show stuff that he does. I really enjoy him. Do you remember the other person we met? Famous for the A-Team, as well as Dirk was. This other individual is part of Star Trek Next Generation. He also helped Voyager get home, and that is 
Dwight Schultz. That's right, Dwight Schultz, who I love, by the way, also when he hosts on uh, talk radio. And uh, that's actually how I rediscovered Dwight, actually. I was guest hosting on a uh, certain talk for a certain talk show host, national talk show host. And I was like, wow, I'd forgotten uh, some of his work and rediscovered him. Matter of fact, you know, I never watched the A-Team when it was first on, but uh, rediscovered it because of him. And we went to this convention. Also, Avery Brooks was there, which one of our friends really wanted to meet. They really wanted to meet Avery. And there were some other Star Trek individuals there. Now, that's the reason you went. You went with one of our good friends, Phoenicia. And we were there with uh, uh, Kalia Kalia and also our good friend, Laura, mm-hmm. uh, were all there. And we discovered this artist. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. That's where we discovered this artist. It was kind of, to me, it was odd that he was there because, you know, there's all this Star Trek stuff. And then all of a sudden, wham, this beautiful DC pinup art <laughs> is appearing out of nowhere and other art as well mm-hmm. it's like and it was different styles that i was seeing and it was just gorgeous work and that was our first encounter with whom kimmy nathan zerdy that's right nathan zerdy the first time to- the first time we met nathan z was right there at this star trek convention and we became friends with him and have seen him at so many different things over the course of time mm-hmm. and i thought we'd go back in time to well, our first interview with Nathan, where we talk about basically how it all started for him. So let's go back in time with a rewind. After that, we're going to be testing Kimmy's mind, if you will. Got a little uh, trivia on hand for Kimmy. And we also have a tribute to an actor, a celebrity, here on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Let's go back in time with our rewind with our interview with Nathan Zerdy. I, I've never met anybody who has such a wide range of styles. How did it start? That's what I'm kind of curious about. How did it all begin? I mean, what what influenced you? Yeah. What made you? No, in high school, I was doing very, like, hyper-realistic. But then as soon as I got out of high school, I was working at Universal doing caricatures. And a lot of the guys there were former, like, Disney animators who had just lost their job when uh, the 2D animation closed down. Okay. And so, like, I was learning from them for a long time. So, like, my cartoony style that I incorporate now, which I can, like, turn on and off a lot, that's where that came from. And so, like, when I switched back and forth from, like, realistic to, like, the cartoony, cartoony and just to get expressions a lot and so like that's where all that came from and especially like faces though I mean that's where like I got my face drawing down is drawing the characters out of Universal for like close to 11 years wow yeah so it was it was constant and it forced me to draw like 12 hours a day which was amazing it was like it was like it was a real education it was a real world education it wasn't like just going to school and saying oh I'm getting an education in quotation marks it was like an actual like education with like professionals, guys who were like ten times better than me, and that to me is the best thing that somebody uh, who is an up and coming artist who's trying to learn something should do is to get around people who aren't their age, guys who are way more experienced, and to like really force themselves. I mean, it's a blow to the ego for sure. Like it destroys your ego being around guys who are thirty times better than you. But there's no way to get that much better that that fast than to be around guys who are like that they they raise the bar basically absolutely and it 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 makes you in your gut if you're one of the people who is really going to make it in your gut you will not give up you know and i i let myself i suffered i mean for me it was like almost like a struggle and i i just be going home like every day just like oh my gosh i uh," because in high school i was like i'm the bomb i am the master you're drawing you know probably drawing friends and stuff yeah yeah i'm he-man you know power grayskull and everything you know but then, like, I got there, and I was just like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? Like, wow. I suck, you know? <laughs> like, wow. But, like, in high school, I was like, everybody worshipped me. Like, I was the best artist they had. But then I got there, and it was like, oh, my gosh, this <laughs> completely stinks. You know, okay. I, I suck so bad. And, like, but I, I, I knew deep down that I could get better, but I knew it was going to take time. And that was, like the worst part about it is like somebody if somebody had told me it was going to take me like it's going to take you like at least six years to get better you know i probably would have been like oh god you know i give up kind of deal but like i stuck with it and i knew i'd get better and i just kept watching what the guy next to me was doing and because it was constantly them picking like guests picking those artists over me okay and but that's it was like a lot of people who work there describe it as art artist boot camp 
because okay. it's literally going in and like forcing yourself to draw every day and like but like exposing yourself to guys who are way better than you and I think if you're going to make it in the industry that's the best way to do it did someone did someone adopt you as like they were mentors to you did they see you as a protege did they give you tips or, or is it so competitive no, that honestly they're like, mean I, to you you know or, no, some, or no, ignore you it's, well it is competitive because like it's based on commission like your sales right. are based on commission you're still going to make good money there um, it's a great it's a great work environment and but there's some of it's friendly some of it's obviously you're, it's just like any workplace though like you're going to get some friendly you're going to get some not um, they're, they're pretty good about sharing business though uh, I, I liked I liked it I wouldn't trade it for the world honestly uh, having gone through it and like where I am now artistically I would not trade it for the world so I know in my industry there's such because it's part of the showbiz the acting the, that world you got a paranoia factor so a lot of times it's hard to find a mentor when you're starting out because that older established talent is paranoid that that's their replacement you know right there so that's I'd go home every day, honestly, and I, I'd put off going to movies and things like that, and I'd try to expose myself just to, like, through online research and things like that to other artists who were better than me. Like, I I'm, I was, I, I still am, like, a big fan of, like, Adam Hughes, Tony Daniel, Jim Lee, of course, and I still... Bruce Tim? What's that? Bruce Tim? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, of course. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I just constantly like look at I have his book at home by the way Bruce Tim gotcha. and uh, and I just constantly be referencing uh, just like what what decisions did they make uh, that I can like that what what is what am I doing wrong what what did they do right and what can I kind of like figure out from them to try and to adopt as my own basically and you know make as my own style as well because I think that's kind of important as well um, and all that together is, is, is been my path so there's no like one or two things but I just think it's really important to expose yourself constantly to guys who are much better and I don't think you should ever settle it's the other thing because like people say oh my gosh if somebody says like I'm the best I just I did I, I, I appreciate the compliment, but I just I still think there's a lot to learn. Wow, so. that is so good to hear. Yeah. I love hearing that from you. Yeah. Now, Nathan, you do have a website. I know you have some materials for sale on the site. You have, I don't sell anything. Don't online. you? I do commissions. Well, you have your books, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do That's sell my books. Too. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, at you can either go to Lola Eleven, all like spelled out Eleven dot com um, or www.nathanzerdyart.com um, and that's that's my official art and I'm on Facebook too for Nathan Zerdy S-Z-E-R-D-Y and I know you do commissions yeah I do commissions as well yeah and I'm, I ask artists this question all the time a lot of them will not answer they say it's everybody or I just won't commit or comment what is your favorite thing to draw? If somebody comes up to you and says, I really want, and what makes you really happy? Something that really is your favorite, Nathan's favorite. DC Batman females. Oh, right. Batgirl. <laughs> yeah, Harley. Batgirl, Harley, Zatanna, Poison Ivy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nathan, we will uh, link your website to our website, and Thanks, appreciate being on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Nathan, for being on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Thanks, Nathan. And you'll be able to see Nathan. That's this Saturday, October 1st at Lake Collecticon in Mount Dora, Florida. And you can find out more about Lake Collecticon at lakecollecticon.com. Big thank you going out to the show promoter, Greg, for inviting the Riley and Kimmy Show back to this fun, nerd, geek-filled event. Thanks a lot, Greg. Yeah, Greg. Thank you, buddy. We look forward to seeing you and seeing you lead the old uh, parade, the cosplay uh, cosplay parade, which he does. Uh-huh. I think that'll be around 2.30 in the afternoon this coming Saturday. Please stop by the Riley and Kimmy Show table. Talk geek nerd with us. Become part of an episode. Also, if you're one of those brave souls and would like to sing a cover version of our jingle, we would love to make you part of that playlist. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just belt it out. <laughs> That's, and we, we will record it, and we'll make you part of history. By the way, Outdated Slang, that's Giddy Roberts and Terry Moore, 
who created and performed that jingle for us will be right next to the Riley and Kimmy show. They'll have a table with CDs. They will be signing. They will be taking pictures. And also, by the way, Terry is a sports memorabilia enthusiast. He will have some things from the sports world that will be available. He'll also be looking to purchase as well. So if you have that special baseball, that special football, those those baseball, football, basketball cards, bring them to Terry's attention. That's at Mount Dora's Lake Collecticon this Saturday. Kimmy, would you like to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia? Yeah. It is a Wednesday, September 28th, Kimmy, and we will be going to the Almanac asking you some history questions, not too many hard ones. They're all nerd, pop culture related. No geometry, no geology, no (laughs) genealogy, none of that G stuff. Okay. OG, none of that for Mm -hmm. this episode of the Riley and Kimmy show. So here we go with some nerdum, some fun. Play along with Kimmy. Shout out the answers. She especially does not answer that because she just might hear it. Who knows? That's how it works. Because she is psychic. I mean psycho. I mean psychic. Yeah, that's her. She does have ESP. Here we go, Kimmy. The very first one. It was on this date in history. The World Series was televised in color for the very first time. Tell me the year. 1965. The year. Ten years off. 1955. The game was between the New York Yankees and the Brooklyn Dodgers. It was on this date, Kimmy, the 103rd Convention of Audio Engineering Society, that's the AES, was held in New York City. Now, this marked the official debut of the DVD format. Tell me, what year? 1980? 1997. Okay. It was on this date, Kimmy, the first around-the-world flight was completed by two United States Army planes when they landed in Seattle, Washington. Can you give me the year? What was the name? What was... We will repeat the question for those who do not pay attention to the Riley and Kimmy show. Here we go. Please, hello. Did you have your uh, your ADHD medicine yet? Okay, here we go. She's she's not ADHD. I'm just teasing. All right, here we go, Kimmy. The first around-the-world flight was completed by two U.S. Army planes when they landed in Seattle, Washington. Give me the year. 1940. It was 1924. Kimmy, tell me how long that trip took. How many days? To go around the world. Four days. It took 175 days. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. That's all right, Kimmy. Can we have some little easier now, please? No, no, we won't. It was on this date in history. This won't be easy because we won't be asking the question. It was 1936. Bachelor's Children debuted on CBS Radio. It was 1939. The Fleischman Hour was aired for the last time on radio. It was 1944. The Boys from Boise was shown on WABD New York. It was the first full-length comedy written for television. That's 1944. Gimme. It was 1951. CBS makes the first color television available for sale to the general public, but the product is discontinued less than a month later. Don't know why. (laughs) I don't know if people were glowing from the TV set. I don't know why. It was like it didn't last very long. It was 1961. Dr. Kildare premiered on NBC TV. I have a feeling you've never seen that one, correct? Mm -mm. It was 1961, same year that Hazel premiered on NBC TV. Did you ever see that? Nope. All right. It was on this date, Kimmy, that... She Loves You by The Beatles was played on radio by Murray the K in New York. It is believed to be the first time The Beatles were played in the United States. Give me the year. 1964. 1963 is the answer. It was on this date in history. The Rolling Stones appeared on U.S. TV for the first time since 1967. They had a hiatus. What year? 1970. 1973. It was on this date, 1984, Bob Hope showed outtakes of his 34 years in television on NBC. Do you remember watching that? No. I don't either. Don't think I did. It was on this date, 1987, Gladys Knight and Smokey Robinson were guests on the television show $10,000 Pyramid. I thought the pyramid was a little more expensive by then, but it it was $10,000. Hmm. I thought it was, Is that all? Yeah, I thought it was... Well, really, I did. I thought it was a lot more. I thought it was 20000 or mm-hmm. something. 25000 Or more. It was on this date, Kimmy. Year 1989. Tales from Margaritaville was published by... Written by... Whom? What musician? Jimmy Buffett? That's correct. It was available in, in bookstores. That was 1989. 
So on this date, 1991, pay attention to the year, 1991, that this artist's album became the first country album to debut number one on the Billboard pop charts. Tell me who, that country artist who would become pop artist as well. 1991, I will even give you the album title, the CD title. It was Rope in the Wind. Garth Brooks? That's correct. Garth Brooks. 1991. It was 1995. Bobby Brown's car was riddled with bullets in Boston. The gun battle killed his sister's fiance. It was 2008 that SpaceX launched the first private spacecraft, the Falcon 1, into orbit. Moving over to birthdays today, Kimmy. Ed Sullivan having a birthday. He passed away in 1974 at the age of 73. Did you ever watch the Ed Sullivan show? Mm-mm. Not even any uh, rebroadcasts or anything? Mm, no. So you've never seen even one thing of the Ed Sullivan show? I have seen clips. Now, you know it was on for a long time, right? Uh-huh. Can you tell me how many years that show was on the network? Ten. The Ed Sullivan Show was broadcast from 1948 to 1971, 23 years. Wow. It set a record as the longest-running variety show in U.S. broadcast history. And by some, they say it's the last great TV show. That's what some claim. It's kind of interesting checking out Ed Sullivan. If you ever have a chance to read biographies about him, he was behind the scenes, some said, very... A very angry man, very quick to temper. And he would have fights with people, with celebrities over the course of time, banning them from the show. Example, Jim Morrison of The Doors. That's one that got banned, did one. Supposed to was scheduled for six episodes, but did one because of conflict. Also had conflict with Mick Jagger. Had uh, problems with Bob Dylan. Wanted Bill- Dylan to uh, drop a song. Dylan said, no, I'll drop you. And, and it, just, it goes on and on and on. And even the Stooges didn't really have a good time hmm. with with him. So it's kind of a fun read if you ever have a chance to read bios about Ed Sullivan. Moving over to another person having a birthday today. One of my favorite actors who, it's one of those individuals most people go, hey, I know that guy, but they can't remember the name. He was on television a ton, a ton of things and movies as well. And he's in classic Star, a classic Star Trek episode. Also, he's in Mission Impossible and other programs. Also was Murder, She Wrote. Now, one of the things he's really cool about, if you will, is not just because he did a ton of things. He was part of the Twilight Zone. Two different episodes, by the way. And Night Gallery, too. So he has a big sci-fi fantasy pedigree, if you will. But he played a really cool character on Star Trek. He played Commodore Matt Decker in the Doomsday episode with the Doomsday Machine. You might remember that one, Kimmy. Mm -hmm. And... Titled The Doomsday Machine, by the way. Night Gallery episode he played. They're tearing down Tim Riley's bar. That's the name of the episode. And he also played on Murder, She Wrote, as the doctor on the thing. That is William Wyndham. And he was born on this date. Passed away in 2012 at the age of 88. One of my favorite actors. You can catch him on MeTV. I tell you what, if you can watch a few days of MeTV, I bet you've seen him five times on something. Mm. You know, he played guest villain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he wouldn't be a villain. You know, he he could bounce back and forth with different things. Okay. Very cool, uh, cool actor to check out. This musician having a birthday today. Tell me the biggest song he had, Kimmy. Matter of fact, this song was a hit in 1961 and in 1986 when it was used in a movie. Matter of fact, the song is the title of the movie. Can you tell me what Ben E. King, the birthday person? is really known for the really big song Benny King did. Mm, no idea. You have no idea. You know the song. Stand By Me. Oh, okay. You know the song Stand By Me, mm-hmm. later a movie in 1986? Sure. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And they used that in it. He was born on this date, passed away at the age of 76 in 2015. Moon Unit Zappa has a birthday today. How old is Moon Unit Zappa, Kimmy? Um, 68. Do you know the hit song Moon Unit Zappa had? Nope. Yes, you do. She had the song Valley Girl. Oh. Yes. Do you remember the song Valley Girl? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me the year that was a hit? 83. 1982. That's close enough. Tell me who her father is. Frank Zappa. That's who had the hit. She was part of the song. It's Frank Zappa's only top 40 hit. Would you like to adjust her age? How old is Moon Unit Zappa today? 50. 
Very close. She is 49 today. As a teenager, Zappa acted in the television series Chips, The Facts of Life, and in the film Nightmares. Okay. Do you remember her? No. Do you remember her brother, Dweezil? No. Okay. All right. Naomi Watts, having a birthday actress. Can you tell me how old she is? You might remember from David Lynch's psychological thriller, Mulholland Drive. 44? She is 48 today. Singer, musician, Hilary Duff. How old? 30? She That's close enough. She is 29 today. And moving over to notable deaths on this date, 1991, marks the passing of Miles Davis. American trumpet player, composer, band leader, died at the age of 65, and one of the most influential and acclaimed figures in the history of jazz of the 20th century of music. Born in Illinois and then just uh, moved on into the world of jazz, created cool jazz and so many other things too. Uh, another biography that's really worth checking out, and that is Miles Davis, and I suggest you checking out his rich library of music. I love Miles Davis. Hmm. Do you? Mm -hmm. All right. And somebody else who passed away coming up on tomorrow, I thought we would uh, mark on September 29th, marks the death of Tony Curtis, Kimmy. Mm. After Tony Curtis died at the age of 85, what year? 2005? Mm, kind of close. Within five, he passed away September 29th, 2010. And his career spanned more than six decades, mostly popular in the 1950s and early 1960s. He acted in more than 100 films in roles covering a wide range of genres from light comedy to serious drama. In his latter years, Curtis made numerous TV appearances. But I thought we'd go back in time to one of his earliest appearances in the golden age of radio. Radio was new. Radio. Someone still loves you. And that's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Anytime we have an excuse to go back in time and honor the golden age of radio, we take it. And we're doing that right now in honor of Tony Curtis, who passed away on tomorrow's date, that is September 29th, we're going back in time to an episode of Suspense, one of the best golden age of radio examples there is. This episode's called McKay College Basketball Scandal. What a mouthful, but a fantastic episode. Original air date was September 24th, 1951. And give you a little synopsis down on his luck. A basketball star is offered $2,000 to throw the big game. It stars Tony Curtis. Let's go back in time to 1951. Here's Tony Curtis on Suspense. You are about to hear a story based on actual events. To protect the innocent, names and places have been changed. Autolite and its 96,000 dealers bring you the popular young motion picture star, Mr. Tony Curtis, in a story taken from life. Tonight's presentation of... Suspense. Tonight, Autolite presents the McKay College Basketball Scandal, a story taken from the headlines and concerning the bribes offered to college athletes Starring Mr. Tony Curtis. And now, with the McKay College Basketball Scandal and the performance of Mr. Tony Curtis, Autolite hopes once again to keep you in... Suspense! And so, sport fans of America, while there's still a minute or two before game time, I'd like to tell you something about the man most of us are here to see in action tonight. And of course, I'm speaking of Fred Hudson, a great ball player when the chips are down. What a Fred lie that's going to turn out to be. I know. I'm Fred Hudson. 20 years old, in his junior year as a McKay student. He's uh, student. six feet tall. <laughs> that's a laugh. Pounds. Hudson has been the recipient of many trophies and awards. You put them all together and you add a dime and you can stand on a Main Street bus. Including seven loving cups eight, and three eight. all state trophies. My old man uses them for ashtrays. But there's the referee's whistle and the game is on. The center steps into the circle, the ball's tossed up the jump. And it's McKay's ball with Rudd University falling back into a zone defense. Uh -huh. They've got two men guarding Fred Hudson. And believe you me, they'll need him. Now McKay's working the ball in, passing sharp. 
French dribbles close to the deck, passes to Hudson and cuts fast down the court. French is clear, wide open under the basket, and Hudson loses the ball. That's right, loses the ball. It's hard, though, playing this way. Why? I wish I knew the answer. But it's all knotted together with the school and the town and the people in it. You see, McKay isn't an ordinary college. It's, it's like a school song, the last two lines. But the game that's at the top of all the students is the basketball brigade of old McKay. Get that, brigade. Anywhere else it's a team, but at McKay it's a big deal. Same way in town. Basketball isn't a game in my town. It's a way of life. Yeah, but you promised, you promised Sorry, me. I tell you, I'm fresh out. But the magazine's just arrived. Two minutes after they arrived, I was fresh out. Look, you want a subscription? No, I want this week's copy. Well, I can order you one. I'm ordering for 60, 70 people. Well, how about your copy? Well... I'll lend it to you. Oh, gee, fine. Boy, thanks, Bar. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks. You take good care of it. Uh, yes, gentlemen? What's all the excitement? Mm, nothing. Uh, may I help you? Yeah, you can help me. You can tell them what's all the excitement. Well, it's just uh, this big spread in the magazine about a fellow lives here. A basketball player. Oh, you hear that, Stanley? My, my. I'm boy named Fred Hudson. You fellas new in town? Fred Hudson, the all-American boy. <laughs> He's all-state. That means more than all-American around here. And me, I'd like to meet him. You, Stanley? No one I'd like to meet more. Where's he live, this Hudson? Elm Street, next to the corner on the right. Anything else you fellas want? Cup of coffee, bottle pop? You got a two-cents plane? Uh, what? Forget it, farmer. I haven't got time. McKay for a timeout. The score with uh, nine minutes remaining in the first half is Rutt University 22, McKay College 12. What's bothering you, Fred? Nothing. Well, what you doing? Nothing, nothing, I tell you. Okay, buddy. L look, look, I'm sorry, French. Let's go, there's the bell. You mean the whistle? You said bell. I must have been thinking of something else. What's the matter? Forget your key or something? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Ma. You'd forget your head if it wasn't shaped like a basketball. I was way in the back of the house. You got anything to eat around here? It's too early for supper. Think this is a restaurant or something? Look, Ma, all I want There's is... There's some bologna in the icebox. You can make it yourself. If you're not too much of a big shot. I got ironing to do. Don't I make my sandwiches every day? You eat like a horse every day. Freddy, boy, you see, miss? You read about yourself? Yeah, Pop. You make me proud, boy. I tell you, I'm proud. Your father's always proud about something. 23 years he's been too proud to work. Fred, will you tell your mother not to start that again? Will you ask your father where the next meal's coming from? Cut it out, won't you? You give me indigestion, you two. I'd like to give you indigestion. Then maybe you wouldn't play basketball. Maybe you'd get a job. Bring some money into the house. She don't understand, Freddy. She don't appreciate. What's to appreciate? Your son is a basketball bum. My son's one in a million. He'll have his pick of jobs. What kind of jobs? He don't know a trade. He never opens a book. Less than it's a basketball manual. You don't understand. Best paying jobs in America go to the athletes. Everybody wants them for publicity or what you call goodwill. I know. Sure you do. Being a big athlete yourself. Whoever wanted you? Uh, Fred's different. He's the biggest... Biggest basketball bum. Some honor. You got a tongue like... Shut that. up, shut up. I'm sick of it. Every day the same thing for 20 years. 23 years. Always a fight. Even when something good happens. What's so good about your picture in a magazine? You get paid for it? I'm getting out of here. Fred, there was two gentlemen here to see you and I... Now look what you did. He's gone. Ah, oh, he'll be back for supper. Here, take this laundry over to the Caldwells and make sure you collect. I could kill you. Huh. 
You don't have the knife. And there goes the gun. At the end of the first half, Rudd leading 33 to 25. Kay's squad looks tired, very tired, as the team walks off the court, particularly Hudson. Never saw him perform like this before. Even the fans are against him. Well, that's the way it goes, folks, in the world of sports. A few days ago, Fred Hudson was king of the campus. Hiya, Freddy. Hiya, Freddy. Hiya, Freddy. How's it going? Fine, fine. Hudson. Oh, uh, Hudson. Yeah? Oh, oh. Hello, Dr. Kellogg. Hudson, uh, I'd like you to drop in on me during office hours. I, uh, want to talk with you. Well, is it something bad? I mean, can you tell me what it's about? It's about your exam paper. Don't tell me I'm flunking history. Oh, on the contrary, it seems to be the only course you're not flunking. That's what my colleagues tell me. They tell me the same thing. Uh, I did okay on your exam? Well, you didn't stick to the facts, but that's all right. Too many minds are mortgaged to facts, and facts themselves are comparative. Uh, then what is it? I mean, uh... Have you ever read Spengler, Hudson? Who? Oswald Spengler. Wrote a book called The Decline of the West. Never heard of him. Hmm. It's very interesting. You see, in your exam, you expounded a theory about Western civilization that parallels Spengler's. You went off half-cocked, but it's still very interesting. Uh, I did that? It seems that along with all your physical splendor, you have a brain. Uh, does that surprise you? Well, I... Uh, frankly, it surprised me. But now that we've made the discovery, what do you intend to do about it? Uh, I don't know what you mean. I, I mean, Hudson, you might spend your time more profitably by majoring in history rather than basketball. What's wrong with basketball? Oh, oh nothing as a sport. But as a career, it could be dangerous. Dangerous? How? Let's be honest, Hudson. Now, you might be one of those sad young men who reach such an acute limited excellence at 20 that everything afterwards savors of anticlimax. Basketball isn't the most important thing in the world. What is? It isn't even a very significant occupation, although it may seem that to you right now. But, look, I've got nothing else. It's the only thing I'm good at. How do you know? What else have you tried? You're getting me all fouled up. I'm trying to unfoul you, Fred. I've seen too many campus heroes who discover too late that there's more to life. Oh, this sounds so corny. Well, there's more to life than, well, muscular coordination. But basketball... It's like my anchor. Without it, It's I... an anchor of driftwood. In five years, 25 years, you'll still be drifting, still be seeking a little wistfully for the excitement of some irrecoverable basketball game. You think I should give it up? Why, no, no, of course not. Play basketball, Fred. Get all you can out of it. But don't make it your life's work. You make it sound so bad. I feel like whatever I do is wrong. Well, maybe I'm too blunt, Fred. Or maybe I resent athletes and I'm taking it out on you. Why should you do that? Maybe because I've always had spindly legs and a scrawny neck and no chest at all. Well, either way, Fred, don't take it too hard. I'm just a tired old windbag in a cow college, or should I say a cowhide college? Isn't that what basketball's made of? Well, if you're interested in Spengler, I have a copy in my office. Uh, well, not now, sir. I gotta go see my girl. Uh, Any time, Fred. It's funny. You know, she thinks sort of like you do about basketball. She thinks I've got no ambition. Well, Fred, I hope you haven't taken our talk too seriously. Oh, it, it's all it's all right, sir. Anyway, my girl, she's got enough ambition for the both of us. Listen to me. The way you've been playing, it's a reflection on me as coach. So get the lead out, Hudson. You gotta hustle. You're feeding in the ball like slow motion. You... Fred. How do you like that? He's not even listening. Fred! Fred. Yeah? Fred, you happen to realize you've been pacing for an hour up and down, over and over again. Really, it's a bore. I'm thinking, Jean. Anyway, you've been wrapped up in that magazine. Magazine's all about you, as if you didn't know. Hey, uh, you read where it says, handsome, hulk-shouldered Fred Hudson? Get that. Handsome. Uh, 
Well, I, uh, I haven't exactly read it. I, I've sort of been scanning the ads. You and your advertisements. Advertisements, sweetie. Advertisement is so unchic. I guess that's just one of the things that's wrong with me. Oh, don't be so serious. Who's perfect? What is wrong with me, Jeannie? Please, Fred, don't start that. I mean it. Look, let's take those guys in the adver- advertisements. Now, what have they got I haven't? Well, for one thing, they wear neckties. Oh, now there's something really important. Why must you be so morbid? Come on over here and relax. Jeannie. Not that way. Now, cut it out, Fred. That's better. Just sit quietly and look at the pictures. Jeannie. Look at that car. Isn't it dreamy? Yeah, but... Hey, you know Charlie Mason? That phony? He's not. You see his new car? Yeah, how could you miss it? Just like this one, only a convertible. Listen, Jeannie. Look, instead of a movie tonight, couldn't we just talk? Look, there's something... Well, Fred, uh, as a matter of fact... Uh... You got a date. Oh, yes, as a matter of fact... Charlie Mason. Oh, he asked me ages ago. I was going to tell you... That's all right, Jeannie. Well, you don't have to be so big about it. Look, I'm fed up, Jeannie. I'll see you. Well, after all, Fred, you don't own me. That's why I'm fed up, kid. I don't own anything. No neckties, no convertibles. Fred, you... I'll be seeing you, kid. Fred! I don't know anything. Fred? Hello, Fred. Hey, don't rush off, Freddy. We've been waiting a long time. For me? Sure. Who else? Oh, you guys. You can call us a couple of your fans. I call you a couple of wise guys. Awful tough, ain't he? <laughs> a big man on a little campus. From the magazine piece, I thought maybe he was a regular Joe. What do you want? Oh, uh, how about your autograph? You guys make funny jokes. Or maybe you'd like my autograph. I bet that's it. He won his autograph, Freddy. I bet he would. On a fat check. You want that, Freddy? What are you talking about? See, he's interested. I knew it. And talk or get out of the way. How'd you like to make $2,000? 2000 Two G's, Freddy. All yours. How? Well, we figure you work pretty hard at basketball. We figure you ought to get paid for all that work. Particularly if you don't work too hard. I don't get it. We want you to work for us, Freddy, this Friday night. I got a basketball game. Yeah. We want you to dump the game. For $2,000? What do you say? I don't know. 2000 Make up your mind. I got to think. There's no time. Want to be an amateur all your life? It's four days to Friday. You got till midnight. Four hours. Well, I'll let you know. All right. We're at the Drake Hotel. Yeah. Oh, just one thing. Keep an open mind and a shut mouth. Get the picture? Yeah. Because we wouldn't want to hurt a nice, clean-cut boy like you. Autolite is bringing you Mr. Tony Curtis in the McKay College Basketball Scandal. Tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Mr. Tony Curtis in Elliot Lewis's production of The McKay College Basketball Scandal. A dramatic report well calculated to keep you in... Suspense! What'll I do? What'll I do? You got till midnight. He's a basketball bum. He's one in a million. Get a job. Dump the game. Bring some money into the house. Best-paying jobs in America go to the athletes. Neckties, convertibles, dreamy. Two Gs. Dump the game. It seems you have a brain. Dump the game. You make me proud, boy, proud. Dump the game. Get all you can out of it. Dump the game. Dump the game. 
the number of the Drake Hotel. On the rebounds, miss the ball now and then. You got that? Yeah. Throw hook shots over the basket. And when you get rebounds, don't pass so quick. This way, you might flub two points. Yeah, don't try too hard to block the other guy's shot. Don't cover too close. All right, all right. When do you want to see me again? We don't. Well, how about the dough? Here it is. We'll take it. But suppose th something goes wrong. Look, Hudson, you got to stop acting like a hick. There'll be more than a million bucks spent on this ball game from New York to L.A. If something, anything goes wrong, we're going to kill you. Get the picture? I just wonder if you guys get it. What do you mean by that? I mean... Well, you guys think we're a bunch of hicks. What do you think? Could be. But we know basketball. Even grammar school kids, they know the game. So what? So I hope we get away with it. <laughs> it's your problem, Freddy. Just remember, don't try anything. Don't stink up the joint, or you'll be dead. Well, they seem to have Hudson pretty well bottled up. He sunk one free throw and a field goal all evening. And time's beginning to run out. Just uh, 11 minutes to go and the score, Rudd 51, McKay 46. Take it, Mom. Go on, use it for the house. $25? Where'd you get it? I won it, Pop, in a basketball pool. Oh, what luck. Skill, that's what it is. That boy knows basketball. You feel good, Freddy? You gonna play good Friday night? Yeah, I feel okay. Uh, Freddy, don't you want some of this? Well, I already took a few bucks. I bought some neckties. Well, uh, why don't you wear them? I don't like them. They're uncomfortable. Uncomfortable? A, a necktie? Oh, please, Ma, please, cut it out, huh? Oh, all right, Freddy. All right. Hello, Jeannie. Well, where have you been? Around. Here's some flowers for you. Oh, they're dreamy. I've missed you, Freddie. I thought you were still thrashing around with Charlie Mason. Oh, I gave him the brush, that phony. And what'd I tell you? You know where he gets all his money? He steals it from his father. S steals it? Yeah, he told me. Really, it's detestable. Come on in. Uh, Jeannie, I, I gotta be going. But... But you just got here. I know. I... Bye, Jeannie. Uh, Dr. Kellogg? Oh, hello, Fred. Come in. Thank you. Dr. Kellogg... What was that poem you were talking about yesterday? Well, the one Lincoln kept on his desk? Oh, it's an old I, one. I mean, I mean, how does it go again? Um, it goes... Do what thy manhood bids thee do. From none but self expect applause. He noblest lives and noblest dies who makes and keeps his self-made laws. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Three seconds left to play, and Rudd leading 60 to 59. It's McKay's timeout. Believe you me, this has been a ball game. Although half the fans here are disappointed they came to see Hudson, and all night they've been riding him. Fred seems to be off his feet. He's playing ragged ball. And there's the whistle. Stern brings the ball into play, passes to French. 20 seconds. French feeds to Hudson. Fred, wake up. You dreaming? Thy manhood bids thee do. Don't stink up the joint, or you'll be dead. 
Now you're moving, Freddy. Now, boy. It up. He passes to Hudson in mid-floor. Freddy shoots. The ball's in the high arc, and... It's in! It's in! And the game is over. Hudson pulled that one out of the fire, believe you me. Great ball player, Freddy, when the chips are down. This is their room, Fred. Fred. Go on in with you. No, no, no. This is a personal... But... I think they ruined my life. I'm going to ruin theirs. Fred, I'm going to get the hotel cop. American boy. Yeah, this saves us the trouble of coming after you. Here's your money. I bought a couple of ties. I give my mother $25. Now I'm going to kill you both with my bare hands. Stay away from that gun. You. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Fred, put it, will you? Put it out. Put it, Fred. You want to murder them? Okay. Okay. Well, the bus will be here any minute. Dress warm, Freddy. Uh, get enough to eat. Uh, I will, Mom. I'll send you some money as soon as I get a job. Oh, uh, Fred. Yes, Dr. Kellogg? I'd like you to have this book. It's Spengler. I want you to know I did all I could. I know. They had to expel me. Well, where are you going, Fred? As far as 27 bucks will take me. Eight loving cups and a varsity sweater. Hocked, 27 bucks. I'll wait for you, Freddie. Honest, I will. Well, I'll be seeing you in the ad- advertisements. Advertisements, darling. I-, I looked it up. One's as good as the other. Fred. Yes. You're a good boy, Freddy. Yeah, Pop. I'm one in a million. Suspense. Presented by Autolite, tonight's star, Mr. Tony Curtis. And here he is again, stepping out of his role as the All-American basketball player, Universal International's handsome young star, Tony Curtis. Thank you, Harlow. And thanks to Autolite for this opportunity to appear on Suspense. Tony, the pleasure was ours. You played a splendid game of basketball. Oh, it was nothing, Coach. Just had a good support. (laughs) It was teamwork, Tony. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.